Hey, this is Brent Leary, and with me today, it, this is a treat, uh, a special treat because he doesn't do these often anymore, <laughs> but uh, Bob Fibbs, who is the retail doctor, joins me right now. Bob, thank you for joining me. Hey, Brent, thanks for having me today. So we want to talk about uh, this study you did with the Oracle NetSuite folks and some of the, the data coming out of it, going to get you an impression of what happened at NRF and oh all that good stuff, yeah. Okay. <laughs> But before we do that, give us a little of your personal background. So I work with brands, big brands typically, like Lego and Yamaha and a bunch of other people, uh, to how do I maximize the customer engagement level at, at a brick-and-mortar store. You're, if you uh, are watching this you don't know who I am, you can go to retaildoc.com, R-E-T-A-I-L-D-O-C.com. And uh, I've been doing this in my 25th year. I uh, certainly started off in the trenches with, working retail and I've also been an entrepreneur and I've been a franchisor and uh, a lot of people around the world want to hear me uh, my thoughts on uh, on retail I got 400,000 followers on LinkedIn I'm top voice on LinkedIn a lot of uh, list because I am not known for being shy and retiring so maybe that's <laughs> the best way to say okay so shy and retiring out of vocabulary for time being exactly not me <laughs> All right, so uh, you guys, you just collaborated with Oracle on the future of retail, and uh, one of the things that kind of jumped up to me well, when I when I first kind of saw an email come up is the headline, new study, hey Alexa, 95% of consumers don't want to talk to a robot when shopping, so me doing a, a blog called Voices Carry, that kind of caught my attention. That's uh, good. <laughs> so uh, maybe before we specifically jump into that, give us a little bit of background on the study itself and, and why you guys did it. So there's so many studies. You know, people are coming out with like a little study set of 200 people said 99% uh, of people want to shop online and never talk to another human being again and have a chip in their neck to get <laughs> Velveeta cheese. You know, every every week we're getting this other survey like, wow, it points up my point and aren't I wonderful? And was kind of like, really? And so NetSuite has a lot of brick-and-mortar uh, retailers as well as omni-channel and online, and I, I deal with uh, brick-and-mortar retailers. I'm trying to get down to what's really happening. Instead of going after, you know, like, if it was raining out, do you think you used an umbrella kind of questions? <laughs> We'd rather said, all right, so let's, let's do this right. Let's get a big enough sample, 1,200 people, that we have a third party, a reputable third party, Wakefield is known for their surveys. We'll take those people, and at the same time, we're going to poll retailers with those same questions, retail execs, the one who actually create the customer experience, and let's just see if we're in alignment. Because honestly, we thought, all right, well, this will be our validation point on all the survey points. That's what we really kind of thought it would be. And, and, and so when we went into it, um, it was kind of like, well, this is a big survey, and in fact, you didn't get much. You didn't get all of it, I don't think, unless you went to the link and downloaded the whole. But my guys started bleeding as I started reading through it, so we said <laughs> we'll we'll parse this out over the next few months. So I may not be able to tell you about all the different moving parts, but certainly to your point, the the one that stuck out was that most retailers, I think, is like, is it ninety-seven percent? Uh, Got ninety-five percent here. Ninety-five percent of retailers think that AI and robots and all this kind of not AI, uh, VR and robots and all this stuff, uh, we're planning for the future that that will make people feel more comfortable. And shockingly, what is it? Thirteen uh, percent actually said that would make a difference for me going in a store. 
And um, I think that really was an interesting point because, yes, one can say we need to go to the uh, cutting edge, but it's not like an iPhone. It's not like people are saying, like, yeah, give us this. It's more like this seems like a good idea, right? This seems like a good idea. Will customers come after it? And, you know, there's another recent survey not that long ago, Brent, that was talking about, um, yes, voice is really important. However, they're not shopping by voice. In mm-hmm. fact, what most people use an election that stuff for is play music and what's the weather that people don't feel comfortable and confident in shopping on a voice-enabled device. So uh, does this survey pretend to say we have the answer? I don't think so, but it certainly says if there's that big of a disconnect, then one has to say, are you really putting the most time and the most money where it should be, or are you pretty much just constantly chasing your tail with shiny objects? And I think um, I would tend to be more on the latter with that. Mm. So uh, what were some of the other main takeaways from the study that you you find would be of interest to a lot of folks? So 97% of people said that um, there, needs, there remains to be a need for a brick-and-mortar retail store, and I think that points to, obviously, the health of brick-and-mortar. We have left behind the 2017 retail apocalypse, Stores are crappy. No one will ever go there again. We're all just flying cars and eating avocado toast. Um, But what it came down to is that uh, the other disconnect that I took out of the survey is that, in general, when you polled retailers, I think it was like 53% felt that they were providing an experience that made consumers feel more confident and less stressed and less alone. That's what it is. But less than 13% of consumers said that. Wow. They actually said the opposite. I feel more stressed, more alone, and more uh, anxiety when I go into a brick-and-mortar store. So what that tells me is that how, how, do I, how does somebody feel anxious and uh, alone? Well, you're, you're not talking to anybody, and you're left in these essentially warehouses of product that all look the same. In fact, I was just at the new Nike store uh, in Soho the other night, and it's fascinating seeing the way they have re-merchandised the store you know, if you think of certain brands, which I won't say, where it's just walls of shoes, of tennis shoes, and it's like, you know, pick one out. Let me know if you need any help. It's like, uh, what's on sale? And you feel stupid, and you don't know if you got the right one. Well, Nike doesn't do that. In fact, they have customized their locations so much that you might just see this kind of a product over one specific sport. But here's the other thing that's kind of interesting. Brick and mortar, and this speaks to what we learned at NRF, Retailers are learning by their micro um, uh, communities, by what people order online and buy in a store. And so in that Soho store, in the women's section only, they started by color. So all the black shoes are here. All of the, I think it's the, not pink, but whiter on somewhere else. And then they look for use. But they don't do that in all the stores. It just happens to be this one area. And so you're like, dude, that would make me feel what? Oh, more confident, less anxious, and um, and, and you're going to be there to help me figure out less alone. So brick-and-mortar retailers that are understanding this are actually re-merchandising stores in the right way. How are uh, retailers, the ones that are being more successful maybe than, uh, than the average, how are they implementing or integrating these technologies into the store? Uh, maybe 
integrating the online experience with the in-store experience to create less loneliness and to create a better experience once somebody comes into the store? Well, you know, it's a, that's an interesting question. Um, at one uh, seminar I attended, this one guy said, um, we approached consumers and we said, okay, here's all the things we could personalize. And people were like, yes, I want all that. And then they said, and here's all the data we need to collect to get that. And he said, we thought they would all be like, no. And you know, they were like, I'm all right with that. But when it came to facial recognition, nobody mm. wanted their face scanned. And yet we're hearing from Asia and China's like way ahead on all this stuff. And in the States, that's like you crossed the line. So that's really going to be impactful because um, visual, if you think about it, Facebook has, tagged, has asked you to tag all of your friends in all these different poses. So let's be honest here. Facebook has a bank of what everyone's face looks like. And wouldn't it be nice if your bank just tapped into that and it's like, there they are. Wow. Except we know you can also Photoshop and do different things, so there's something creepy for most of us. But that idea that voice, that face would be it. And here's the other problem with voice, since we're talking about voice. <laughs> voice is lateral, which means there's no context. If I say, get me toilet paper, Alexa, it's going to go up to its database. It's going to see whatever was put in there for toilet paper. Either it's a four-star or it's their own brand or it's cheaper. But it's not contextual like visual is, right? So when I go onto a site and I say, oh, I'm looking at that fleece. You've got that greenish. Uh, I hope that's greenish. I hope my eyes are right. That greenish <laughs> fleece you got on. So you see it, and then it's kind of like, oh, but here's some other options you might like. And it takes you down a little different path. That's the limit with voice. Voice will never be the same as visual. So this idea that we're all going to be shopping on that, maybe we're shopping on lists that are already put together, right? Maybe we're doing that for subscriptions. Maybe we're looking at that for a pantry we built in Amazon. But you're probably not going to say, buy me the latest uh, Nike uh, you know, uh, tennis shoes. That's just not going to happen. So there's going to be room for everything, and I think all the smart retailers are trying to figure out Look, we have all these data points online. We have all these data points in store. Instead of just saying we're going to bring a kiosk into a store, although several people did uh, talk about that, that they, uh, millennials and Gen X in particular, uh, like that idea of having that option, the smart ones are saying, no, let's take all those data points and put them together. So one of the guys who I um, uh, was able to speak to at my store-e.com out of Israel, what they do is they take that data and they take a retailer's data and then they have a little app that comes out and so the store manager, let's say, he goes through and he opens it up one week and it'll say, hey, these two products are selling well. And it's like, okay. And so it says, make sure they're merchandised together because that's going online in here. And then, you, and then it would be like, all right, and Take a picture that you re-merchandised them in the store. Oh, and make sure that you tell the employees that if you sell this, you can sell that. Now, what does that do? Well, we confidently know customers who buy this are going to buy this, that it's not going to be a big deal, and customers are probably going to like that because you know a lot of people are doing that. Mm -hmm. So all of the smart ones have actually reinforced everything we're saying on the, uh, the Oracle survey is found, and they're working to make those customers feel more confident but it's not through, oh, we have great signage or we have a buy online pickup in store. That's not it. It's that store experience.
And I'm a little passionate about this, Brent. So if I get a little on, you can just like, dude, tone it down a little. All right. I, I would have never have, uh, thought that you were passionate, but that, that's okay. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, um, what on the survey? What were the most surprising findings to you? Uh, well, for, from my vantage point, that only 11% of retailers could answer. I definitely have the tools for my uh, staff to give customer, uh, customers a personalized experience. Wow. Only 11%. I mean, that's that's <laughs> their confidence level. And again, don't go to it like, see, some people take personalization like um, you can drop my algorithm. So as I walk in, it says, hi, Bob, you know, and I can now have Brent when he walks up to me like, hi, Bob, that's not what we're talking about here. A personal experience to me is one-on-one. So one-on-one would be, hey, Brent, it's great to see you back. And uh, you say, yeah, that lawnmower you sold me, um, I'm, I need to get a new blade. Oh, hey, uh, we connect the, the thing and I see your Milo's card. It's like, oh, that's that Model 8. Uh, I've got the perfect one. And now it really is selling one-to-one. So here's the other thing, Brent. All right, so in a mass store, in a big store, we have got the opportunity to buy a container, a product, or a line, and because it's a store, we can move a lot of it. You can sell a lot easier. Online, this, this, this idea that online is so much more profitable, you're really trying to sell one-to-one. It's almost like uh, you have to physically go out and find each of these people and say, please give me money. Hey, please give me money. Please give me money. Wayfair is spending $197 per new person they bring in the door. That's not sustainable. I don't know how much VC money you can burn through. Stores don't have to worry about that. So, well, they have to worry about profitability. But that idea that if we can bring a lot of people into a store and we can do a better job of selling one-on-one, because of the dynamics of it, let's say I'm working with you in the lawnmower and your wife says, uh, I like that green dress over there, I'm going to go try it on. You're like, okay, cool. Well, that can only happen in a store. Do you follow? So mm. if, if you're online and you're looking for lawnmowers and you're like, lawnmower X, and you're like, da, 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 wow, a green dress, what the hell is that? <laughs> but in a store, we accept it and it's like, okay. So that idea that personalization doesn't have to be every second. But if you got that feeling long enough, you spent more time in my store and you bought more, that's the holy grail of it. Does that all make sense? Oh, it makes total sense. Uh, what what kinds of retail companies are in the best position to succeed uh, leveraging some of the things that we just talked about? Is it the big box stores or is it the more boutique kind of stores or even uh, you know the little mom and pop stores? Who, who, what? Dude. You're not going to pin me down on that because <laughs> they're all different, right? So yeah. Walmart and Amazon are kind of like King Kong and the whatever the dinosaur was, Godzilla. They're ah, you know, they're trying to outdo <laughs> each other, and they both have really some interesting good strengths about it, right? Uh, the biggest danger with Amazon is, let's be honest here, if they didn't have AWS, they wouldn't have access to cheap capital to be able to do all the stuff they're doing. So I think at some point, someone is going to have to say, this has got to be regulated, it's got to be broken up. I don't see how that continues. We broke up AT&T and the oil companies over far less uh, individual uh, stuff in our individual lives. But then you've got the boutiques. And i got to tell you, Ted Baker is a frigging amazing brand with 
no tech that you can see. It's 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 a uh, it's a it's a unique vision. It's designer brand. But what they do? This is not Ted Baker. I didn't wear that for you. I wasn't sure you're. <laughs> you're, uh, you're I would have if I oh, knew yeah. I was like you know. But you're you're dressed casual, dude. Um, that uh, they have so focused to be able to tell their story uniquely in every location. Plus, he has a limited group of SKUs. But here's the thing that they do: is every location is different. So I was in their store by uh, Columbus Circle, and it has all these like rulers and yardsticks, and you're looking down on these little models, like on the wall, like you're looking down on on uh, New York. And I'm and finally just ask, uh, I think it was Maxwell was the guy who ended up selling me a bunch of shirts. Uh, oh, that's because we're at Columbus Circle. Everything in New York is is uh, there by being measured because Columbus Circle is the center of New York City. Did you know that? That is the center that they measure out for. So that's all the measuring stuff. Well, you can't cookie cutter that. That And that story gives them an idea that I'm in a unique place. So the boutiques, I think, absolutely. The Lululemons of the world, the Todd Snyders of the world, all those brands have got it and they have the ability to container store, same thing. They're able to do this in a really impactful way. Unfortunately, with most mom and pops, be honest here, dude. Are that who your who your who our viewers mostly are? Or? No, just curious. Okay, good. So you know, <laughs> most mom and pops feel like you know I don't need a website, and um, I uh, my customers are all loyal, and um, if they don't buy from me today, they'll buy in the future, and they're still trying to use that lever of twenty, thirty percent off, and then screaming at people to buy local. You know, I had a woman on my Facebook page this morning say, uh, should I tell people that, um, should I be honest with them and tell them they need to uh, shop from me or I'll be gone? Or should I just play it like everything's fine and be nice? And I said, nobody's attracted to struggling retailers. Otherwise, we would all be flocking to Sears right now. JC <laughs> Penny. It, it, it's, it's opposite. So right. I think the smart, smaller brick-and-mortar stores, absolutely, if I was to read this and I would be going like, Wow, uh, more than two in five, 43% of Gen Z and millennial consumers plan on doing more shopping in physical stores in 2019. I'd be like, that is great news for brick and mortar stores. I guess I should go out and paint it and put a, a, a new, uh, new uh, awning and I should pave the parking lot and I should do this to be ready for them. But sadly, a lot are punished because they, it's kind of been a second job for somebody or, they didn't really pay attention to it. And the problem is, is in that moment when they walk into your store and it feels old and it's 10 minutes before someone talks to you and you ask them if they have something and they're like, no, but buy from us because we're local. They're not coming back. And here's the problem, Brent. They don't come back and tell you that. They just don't come back. Mm. So you so don't get the data as to why they're not, they don't want to uh, shop there anymore. Uh, whereas, whereas most of these other big brands are collecting data. In fact, one of the things going back to my story, they partner with a Avery Dennison. So if you try on this shirt, let's say, and you go in the dressing room several times, it doesn't sell. They're going to go back to that manufacturer and say something's wrong with his shirt. It doesn't fit right. Hmm. But again, it's all about that brick and mortar experience. And to let's be honest, you can't be a luddite in this society. You do have to be aware of social media. I don't care that you're not on Facebook. That means that's not a bragging right. That's you know, or <laughs> I don't like people to help me when I shop. That's not a bragging right. Or I don't, uh, I don't, I don't answer my emails, you know, every day like obsessively. It's like those are all table stakes, kids. You know, if you want to compete with Starbucks as a coffee house, you are at least as good a product 
as personable as, and as uniform in the experience. And if you're not, I'm not going to roll the dice with you. I'm simply not coming back. So I think the, that what this points to uh, is that, you know, speaking to one of the survey points I just happen to have up, one in five consumers, 19%, feel that stores have actually become less inviting, meaning it's too much choice, it's too stressful, I feel more alone. And the problem with that is that the only way that's going to be solved with people, through customer service, yeah, we saw a robot at NRF that can go up and down the aisles and tell you there's a spill. I, I think it would cost me a hell of a lot to have somebody watch a, watch a camera every now and then. Oh, there's a spill. Let's go pick it up. But the, but the big thing also at NRF was how do we duplicate ourselves as Amazon Go? You know, How do we make the yeah. world a convenient store where no one pays for anything? Except the funny thing with this print is you have to take out your phone to unlock the door or to get in the code or whatever, which is really not much different than I go in and get my stuff and I have to take out my credit card. So I think that shiny objects can get easy to get distracted. I hope that the Oracle NetSuite um, survey that we did with uh, Wakefield points up the way that, look, we are all looking for more of a human connection, not less, because people who feel that they matter buy more. That's that simple. That comes out more and more again. And you know what? People who don't feel they matter are going to stay online. And uh, ultimately, as that pot continues to get divvied up, it can be death by a thousand cuts for an awful lot of retailers because they may not see it that, oh, beauty, you know, she's, she's not coming to you anymore. She's going through a subscription like Birchbox or, oh, he's he's not coming in and buying the lures for his fishing. He's got a subscription from Bass Pro Shops. And, and so all of these things we are all trying to figure out. But at the end of the day, all that matters is your four walls. If you're going to leave Bitter Betty in there and expect me to come back, dude, I'm gone. Even if you're married to her. I'm just saying if you're a small business guy or married to him, right? It doesn't matter the gender. So, What about Bitter Alexa? What Are we going to be four or five years from now? Do you? I know 95% say they don't want to talk to Alexa right now, but do you, if we're you don't looking want to out there? Alexa. Not like shop Not right Alexa, now. But do you expect at some point... Um, you will see an uptick. Uh, will it be a meaningful uptick for integrating, you know, Alexa into shopping, either from part of the customer journey? Yeah, all I the think way there will always be. I mean, you know, every technology there's going to have somebody. I'm sure there's still people checking in on Foursquare too. But um, <laughs> when it comes down, to, when it comes right down to it, it's an option. But let's make no mistake here. They are dumping Alexa and and Echoes on everyone everywhere. So saying it's all growing exponentially is uh, a little disingenuous, I think. You know, if you, it, it's like all their PR. Like I think, um, I think I saw this thing on the H two story. We're not going to even call it. We're looking for another headquarters. H two. Do you know how much <laughs> outsized publicity they got for that? when pretty much it was a foregone conclusion. Well, this is kind of the same thing. Voice and voice and voice and voice and voice because who benefits if people are using voice, it's more data points, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help Amazon Web Services. I mean, again, I don't have an ax to grind with the Oracle NetSuite survey we've got. We just wanted to see, is there a disconnect? We found the disconnect, and now we're going to turn it right back to those retailers and say, are you interested in solving this or not? Because your customers are showing you right now this is what it's going to take to compete in 2019. So, for the folks who read that survey, the retailers out there, 
what are the first couple of things they should do to make sure they start to you know make the connection with the the uh, customers create the experiences that they're looking for what do they need to do right off the bat well since i'm talking to the crm guy (laughs) it's all about first knowing your customer isn't it it's first knowing who she is and who he isn't Mm-hmm. You know, why is Gap having a hard time right now? Why is JCPenney having a hard time? Because they don't know who their customer is anymore. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to talk to him or her. It's it's So the first thing is know who the hell your customer is. Uh, you know, I was just doing a podcast with uh, Nick, fra- Nick Molnar from Afterpay. Huge, huge uh, financial company just started four years ago, and the idea was, was novel. Millennials don't want credit. They feel it's usury because the idea is credit makes money if I don't pay. So I want to use my debit card, but I want to schedule it out. So what do they say? Hey, I tell you what, use Afterpay. We'll front the full value to the merchant, and you pay us back in four payments. It's like, hmm. brilliant. So they're constantly looking at how do I make what, what, the, what the trends are showing us, how do I tap into that? So offering other payment methods online in particular, like Afterpay, will get you that younger skewing um, audience. The other thing that was interesting in the in the uh, store was how social media, a lot of people don't want to connect with a brand on social media, which upends, you got to be on Instagram, and you got to be on uh, posting a million times and influencers. Well, that's not necessarily it. And this is a broad range of 1,200 people. It wasn't just, you know, four or 500 people to tell you. And then you're going to look at, well, how, how am I... How am I going to create an exceptional experience if basically all I'm doing is hiring people who can, you know, fog a mirror, who really hate uh, retail and they don't like it? I can tell you, you you want to know what great experience is, go into a Ted Baker store anywhere in the world and see what that feels like. Because most people don't know what great experience feels like. It's like we go into Starbucks, hey, I use mobile, I got my order in 30 seconds, that's a great experience. No, that's efficient. A great experience, you feel something. So once you know that customer and you understand their pain points, you try to solve them. But make no mistake, the most important thing the brands have to do is to look at that experience and say, are we executing every way we can? Because look, at if I, if I go at REI today and I go on their site, you know it is looking at every nanosecond I'm on there. It's checking the heat map. In fact, it's powered by Watson. So it's changing the, the um, uh, products uh, from anybody else who sees it. It's also they own the Weather Channel, so they're probably also bringing in the, the idea of it's going to be a snowstorm in the Northeast or it's going to be raining in L.A. And then it's also going to know my preferences. So it's, when I go to order, it's probably going to say, uh, do you want to also buy this in large? Well, that's table stakes to be online, and yet I can walk into most in brick-and-mortar stores, and in 10 minutes nobody says a damn word to me. Mm. Yeah, and on that note, uh, Bob, this has been great. Tell people where they can find the survey and also where they can learn more about what you do. Okay, well, the survey has a link, which you'll probably, we'll probably just send direct to you. And also, you can just go to retaildoc.com slash blog, and you'll find the uh, NetSuite Oracle suite, uh, survey with me. Uh, you can also go to retaildoc, R-E-T-A-I-L-D-O-C.com, where you'll find out... My, I'm the most, uh, I think I was the best blog and website for retail on the planet two years running. And check me out on LinkedIn with my 400,000 other followers, just Bob Fibs, and to follow along because I'm always posting videos of what goes well and what doesn't go well in retail. And then you'll become smarter, and someday maybe you'll have a show just like Brent here. <laughs> All right, man, this is great. Thanks again for the time. All right, thanks.